This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Face-offs hurt us the whole game. They dominated the face-off circle. Their first goal, there's not much you can do about that. That's hockey. But it was the penalties, the three penalties in nine minutes that took away all our momentum. And that hurt us without a doubt. Yeah, three penalties. Tough, uh, tough loss last night for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins, a lot of talk I've been hearing all throughout the year about, about face-offs, about, you know, in terms of wins and losses, they're not that important. But wouldn't you rather win them? Bruins win 64%, particularly in offensive zone chances. You know, sometimes it ends up in the back of the net. 3-2 win last night for the Boston Bruins. Uh, Jets jump out to a 2-0 lead. Um, we'll, we'll get into the rest of it, uh, but what do, you, what do you have to do about Pasternak's goal there? I mean, you got to be lucky to be good, and you got to be good to be lucky, I guess, here. And uh, the hockey gods are right now in the habit of uh, gifting the Boston Bruins uh, goals, which they don't need. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll get into that. Text the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Robert texts the show. He says, hey, Cam. Well, at least uh, the Jets made a good game of it. Hopefully tonight uh, they can win, of course. Um, and then just wanted to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Robert. Merry Christmas to everybody uh, out there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the Winnipeg Jets uh, can pull out a win tonight and uh, split this back-to-back. Another team also on a back-to-back happens to be their opponent, uh, the Washington Capitals. If you're wondering where Jim Toth is, uh, he's off today. I'm going to be riding solo today. And to talk about that game tonight, pregame show at 4 o'clock, puck drop at 6 o'clock here uh, in Winnipeg uh, is my guest, John Walton, play-by-play voice with the Washington Capitals. John, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, you bet, Cam. Good to be with you. Yeah, no, awesome. Uh, low of minus 13 in Washington, D.C. tonight. Uh, that's in Celsius uh, for those that are not bilingual in, in terms of Fahrenheit to uh, Celsius conversion. That's nine degrees. It's cold there. That's <laughs> That's real cold for you guys. Yeah, I really appreciate the Jets bringing the weather with them when they showed up. Apparently, wow. when I landed last night, we got in just a little bit after when the Jets did, and it was still uh, this morning. It was still into the 40-degree uh, area Fahrenheit. But, yeah, not so much getting here. In fact, uh, in my house here in northeast D.C. right now, uh, sunny skies, but that wind is howling, and every time I look over at the temperature gauge, it's dropping again. <laughs> so, uh, going to be a chilly one here in the nation's capital tonight. Well, you got to we got to bring it. We got to help you guys out a little bit and give us or gives ourselves as much as an edge as we as we possibly can. Back to back, of course, uh, OT winner for the Caps uh, over Ottawa. How do you think they played? I think they played pretty well, and I think defensively, this team has come a long way. I mean, we go back to the beginning of this month. I mean, really, this whole season, October, November. Uh, The Capitals were okay defensively, but they just weren't scoring Mm -hmm. a lot of goals. The defensive part not only has been good in their own zone, but they're scoring goals. Defensemen have 13 goals in the last 12 games. Eric Gustafson had a hat trick last weekend against the Maple Leafs. And it's been one thing after another in terms of offense back there. So uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, They came from behind. They gave up the first goal against the Sens last night. But I thought it looked pretty good doing it the rest of the way. Badly outshot him through two periods. In fact, Darcy Kemper was talking with me after the game and said, yeah, it's not ideal that you get five <laughs> shots on goal. You've been out for three weeks. You get no pucks really uh, coming your way for pretty much the first half of the game. But he's back. Uh, Charlie Lindgren's going to go tonight against the Jets. But uh, otherwise, uh, pretty good performance. Now eight wins of nine. And the Capitals, for the first time, are five games over NHL 500. 
And here they are for the first time all season in a playoff spot uh, this morning, which has uh, been a first. They haven't been there in two months. Uh, it's awfully nice to see them back in the hunt and uh, and doing pretty well here these last few weeks. Yeah, and, and it's it's been a tight schedule for the Washington Capitals. I mean, it's been crazy here here in Winnipeg, and we'll get to that as the, as the show goes on here. Uh, 11 games in the last 21 days. You know, maybe you could look at that, and I, I, I think they were playing one every second day at, at least. It was a day off, day on, day off, day on. Um, a good time to do it. Obviously, it looked like the team has gotten into a rhythm, and and yeah, finding wins, just like you said, eight of nine and, and, and back in the playoffs. That's something they can hold on to, you think? Well, I think the odds are a lot better now mm. than going back to right before we were in Winnipeg back on the 11th of this month. Uh, the team was in a, in a stretch of just ridiculous road travel, uh, eight of nine on the road that ended with Winnipeg and Chicago. And they really had to stay afloat in that stretch. And when Darcy Kemper got hurt December 3rd in Calgary, you're thinking, you know what, this season might be done. I mean, mm. it certainly could have been. Charlie Lindgren came in, and all he did was win seven of eight starts in the backup role. It looked really good doing it. And not only have they stayed afloat, but now they're back in the eighth spot. The good thing for Washington is the schedule from here is a whole lot better. A lot of the Western travel, Canadian travel, is all but done. Mm. There's a one-off in Toronto in January and a one-off in Montreal in April. Other than that, the Canadian travel done. That means Western Canada is done, Winnipeg, and in Chicago, and a lot of that Western travel is behind them. They got a lot of home games and a lot of short travel in January and February. There's really there's a one-week trip out west to Denver and Vegas and Arizona, and there's a California trip in March. Other than that, they're pretty much in the Eastern time zone the rest of the way, and they're getting Tom Wilson back soon, and it looks like they're getting Nick Backstrom maybe even before December is over, but certainly not too far into January. I would expect to see both of those guys and emotionally and in terms of hockey talent, that's only going to help. So mm-hmm. I think this team has survived the worst. And now that they've gotten to where they are, uh, the, the skies are definitely getting brighter in D.C. Are they are going to be able to manage the cap with those two guys coming back? I mean, that was a conversation I've been kind of following with the Washington Capitals. I mean, that's the reason why Axel Janssen Fialbi was put on waivers, found his way here to Winnipeg, um, was just there wasn't a spot for him at forward. Is is, is there a way that they can finagle this? I've, I've heard a lot of people being uh, negative about it. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm going to ask you, is, is it something that they can work out? I just spoke with our capologist uh, right before the trip to Ottawa because I was curious about the same yeah. thing, and I got into broadcasting because math is not my strong suit. Wow, and hand up here too, is, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, uh, I am told that somewhere in the vicinity of $3 million is what they need to uh, allocate to get everybody back. There's a little bit of an asterisk with that in that with T.J. Oshie right now out and his situation, again, seems very murky. Uh, He's had another injury-filled season. And, you know, my sense is that it's not something that's, you know, going to just be in the next day or two. We already know he's not going to play against the Jets. Didn't play last night against the Sens. And they're going to, quote-unquote, reevaluate once we get through the holiday break. But, you know, I'm not really hearing anything that's, expecting that's going to be imminent as soon as the holiday break is over. Mm -hmm. So they may be able to use him for a bit. Uh, How long he's out, no one seems to know. Uh, But once they've done that, then, yeah, they're going to have to find $3 million to get everybody uh, basically square. And that's assuming it happens now. Obviously, that shifts. uh, And it's a bit of a moving target as we get closer to the trade deadline. But, uh, yeah, there is going to be some movement that does need to be made. Ovi going to get one tonight? 
I'll tell you what, uh, the play-by-play guys around here are ready for it to, to be done. I think <laughs> everything that we're yeah. hanging on uh, last night. Uh, Did you already have your call worked out, John? You already have. You already know what you're going to say? I never work it out in advance, but I'll tell you, I mean, at this point, it's just going to be a matter of relief. He goes, he's been going to the front of the net. These are the goals that you're accustomed to with Ovi. He's, he's going to the front of the net, and he's getting tips. And last night, he had three or four of them. He did have a shot that got through Talbot that Sonny Milano finished off. Uh, he was so close last night. I think for the fans in Washington, they were happy it didn't happen on the road. Uh, the Caps are home tonight. They come out of the break on the road in New York. And then they got a couple of home games between now and New Year's. So three of four at home to take us up to January 1st. Hopefully it happens at home, and I'd be perfectly good if it happened tonight. I'm sure Winnipeg fans feel differently, but yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing in four coming in. So uh, it's time. He got 600 against the Jets here. So uh, maybe it's time tonight. Oh, then, then John, all the conversation then shifts. Well, there's only one guy left for him to take over. And, I mean, that's going to take him a couple seasons. Uh, but, um, uh, you know what, it's going to be something that's going to be really, really exciting. Um, and if we'll see how close he gets, we'll see how close he gets to Gretzky. 800 was really exciting in yeah. Chicago. I mean, they do it in a hat trick and all of that it was uh, a night I'll never forget. And I'm sure anyone who was with a traveling party won't either. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think of the game tonight? Well, I know Winnipeg's tired. I mean, the travel schedule, you know, it's funny. It's been we brutal. Were, it's uh, been absolutely brutal. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it, it's been crazy. I mean, we, it was crazy for us because it was right at the end of the stretch when we were there. And then I was looking at where the Jets have been. They said Vancouver and Washington in the same week should not ever happen. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't believe the Jets hadn't been on the East, in the Eastern time zone yet. So uh, to do that all and stop over at home and, and with Vancouver, Seattle, and D.C. and Boston, that's, that's a lot. So I'm sure the Jets are tired, but the Caps are too. Uh, this has been a rugged stretch going, as you said, pretty much every other day. This week was the first time in 20 games, or the first time in 10 games, 20 days, they hadn't gone every other day, but they had all the travel that went with it before that, and they were on the West Coast a lot and, and in northern or in Western Canada and then, of course, in Winnipeg. So uh, these are two teams kind of limping to the finish, but I was really impressed with the Jets when we were there. I know it was a tough second period when we were at Canada Life mm-hmm. Center, but that's a good team. And, you know, I think tonight, I mean, that's a big challenge for the Caps, digging deep at 2-2. Two and two. I can tell you the Jets got here before us because when we pulled up at Dulles, we saw the Air Canada Charter sitting right <laughs> next to us. So I know they've got a little bit of an edge in sleep, but probably not a whole lot, and the travel probably tough on everybody. Yeah, back on the 11th, I just thought Washington just had such a great game. I thought the Caps just played. I thought, I thought, it, like some, there's some games where you just got to sit back and you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what? You got outplayed by an opponent that played a really, really, really good game on the road, and that's how I felt about that game against Washington. And I, I looked back on this because when you said that the Jets hadn't been in the East, I was thinking, well, John John wouldn't just say that. That, But how could that possibly be true? I actually just went and looked it up. It is true. They haven't been in the East yet. That's like a complete surprise to me because how is that even possible? But anyway, so thanks for teaching me something, John. Uh, John Walton, play-by-play voice of the Washington Capitals, joining us. Uh, and always appreciate your time, John. I really do. Thank you so much. All right, Cam. Thanks very much for having me. A pregame show gets going at 4 o'clock. Puck drop at 6 right here on 680 CJOB. Tune in, Winnipeg Jets, Washington Capitals. Last game uh, before the Jets head out on the Christmas break. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Unbelievable, really. You know, I'm <laughs> five guys, five, all five, six of us, including Elliot, are all looking at each other like, can't draw that play up 100 times and maybe it happens once. So, yeah, I mean... 
Yeah, obviously that sucks. Um, I thought we, we just understood we had to keep playing. There was still half a half a hockey game left and that happens. Um, you know, again, we, we took more penalties and um, unfortunately they, um, they were able to capitalize there. That was Brendan Dillon after the game, of course, that uh, what seemed like an innocent dump in uh, by the Boston Bruins took a weird bounce, found its way right onto David Pasternak's skip stick, wide open net. He put it in. Um, and, I, and I said this earlier in the as the Winnipeg Jets lost last night, 3-2 to the Boston Bruins. If you're going to beat the Bruins, the hockey gods can't just <laughs> gift them. They can't just send gifts to the Boston Bruins. When you're playing a team like that that hasn't lost in regulation yet, they're 18-0-2 so far this season at home. Okay? That is an unbelievable statistic. And the Boston Bruins are the best team in the league. And the Boston Bruins are also healthy. They were not missing one player from their lineup last night. We don't need to go through the list of the Winnipeg Jets and, 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 and who they're missing. You, you, you know them very well. If you don't know, Nick Ehlers, Mason Appleton, Blake Wheeler, Nate Schmidt, Saku Manalainen, fantastic penalty killer. Um, it's been tough. It's been tough for the Winnipeg Jets. They've been, they're missing their whole right side. And so and Logan Stanley, shouldn't forget him as well. Um, but sort of the conversation here, and, and Brendan Dillon was talking about that weird bounce. Um, and, and Wayne uh, sent me a message here on Facebook talking about that. Um, and he said, even if a Bruins player beat him to the puck, Jets defense and forward should be close behind. I wish Hellebuck would stay home and let others deal with it. In my opinion, it was the turning point. No matter what bonus says post game, those things happen. Just hockey. Um, I'll play that bonus clip here in just a second if you haven't heard it yet, uh, just so we have the context to that. Um, but no matter what bonus says, well, you don't know, could have been prevented. Enjoy the holidays, Cam. Mazel tov. My sister is a convert. She married my brother-in-law, Mark, and went to my niece's bat mitzvah in 2001. They're always listening. Yes, Chag Sameach. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. Uh, appreciate the text, the, the message there, Wayne. Um, and here was, here was bonus's comments, just, uh, just so I can have it on there. That's hockey. You've you got to, you know, you, you've got to overcome those things. There's, there's, there's not much you can do about it, right? There, it's a harmless shoot-in that goes to their best goal scorer. Sometimes those things just happen, and you just have to find a way to overcome. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and here's just a text message. This is what I ask for text messages, and we'll, we'll get into them here. A lifelong friend, and this texter says, a lifelong friend, and I argue over everything. The current topic is whether or not an NHL goalie should be coached to play the puck when it's high on the boards, or should be instructed to let it go. Any idea? Okay, here's what I think. I don't think that Connor Hellebuck made the wrong play. I think that the puck made a weird bounce. That's what happened. And I know every single time that 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 you see the goaltender leave the net and a goal goes in, a wide-open net like that, it does happen in the National Hockey League. I know that this is going to be a conversation the next day. Just stay in your net, stay in your net, stay in your net. I think Hellebuck was going around, he was going to stop the puck, and he was going to make a pass. He's done that pretty dang well, I think, so far this year. Took a weird bounce, found its way to David Pasternak, found its way in the back of the net. The Boston Bruins get a goal that they didn't need on the board. I didn't think I didn't think Hellebuck made the wrong play. Okay, you can disagree with me hundred percent. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. This texture says he's been pretty good this year at staying in net, but we all have a brain fart now and then. LOL. Kevin says 
It was a tough luck first goal against, but Hellebuck uh, should have stayed in his net. That puck was fired high off the glass, and it's not, and he's not that good with the puck to begin with. Well, he's not Martin Brodeur, that's for sure. He made much, uh, he made not much of an effort to get that puck and got caught. Just one, I'm sure he would do over again if he had a chance to stop. And uh, nevertheless, just bad luck. Anyways, Kevin, thanks for the text message, Kevin. You know what? One thing I really disagree with you on there, and, and again, always love disagreeing and, and agreeing with you guys, send the text messages, some fun conversation, this sort of thing. Um, Hellebuck would do that again. I, I, I think if you'd asked him after the game, if he says he would have played that any differently, I think he would have said, no, I wouldn't have went right back there. Um, that's how he is. I remember, I think it was earlier this season, um, or perhaps it was last year, uh, but he had made two, I think maybe turned it over, maybe one, let one in, um, playing a puck behind the net, bad bounce or whatever happened. And uh, he looked a little shaky back there playing the puck. And I remember he went right back out there the next time. The next time the puck went around the boards and he had an opportunity, he went right back out there. That's just how he is. He's fearless. Uh, This remark, excuses, they could have won that game if Hellebuck didn't come out of the net. Alex says, the Bruins are the best team I've seen play hockey in many years. They are extremely tight. Yeah, they're extremely tight as well. Um, they, They find ways to win which is what good teams do. The Winnipeg Jets have done that as well a lot, but, man, they needed to get another goal. And really, honestly, if we're being honest as well, um, they lost a lot of momentum in the second period when they got caught up uh, with with power play trouble. They had a great start, but... And and you have to think the schedule is also affecting them, and I'd love to see the Winnipeg Jets play them healthy. I, I, I hope that when they play again, I think it's in March, um, I hope that the Winnipeg Jets are healthy. That's for sure. Rob G says, another fine piece of officiating last night. I knew I'd get some of these two. Two high sticks missed and a double whammy on Stenland, but they showed they can run with the big dogs. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Cam, and have a happy and safe holidays. You too, Rob. Uh, I do appreciate that. Jim text, uh, Jim uh, sent me an email too as well. Uh, thanks for the email, Jim. Uh, Jim says, not much talk about it, but another poorly officiated game with multiple seemingly obvious calls, either missed or not call. Was it the difference? Probably not, but it's a problem the league should address. The league will not address it. Officiating will be just as uh, poor next year and the year after that. I will say this, though, and this is this has nothing to do with hockey. It has to do with soccer and it has to do with the World Cup. We, you know, people don't talk when a game is well officiated. Nobody talks about it when a game uh, is poorly officiated. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely a topic of conversation the next day. That World Cup final between Argentina and France was an extremely well-officiated game. That ref did a fantastic job. All the penalties were penalties. He kept uh, advantage when he should have kept advantage. And so maybe that should be the template. I know it's soccer, but that's how we got to call games. I mean, just pretend like you're you're calling the World Cup. And that was a very, very well-officiated game. Uh, this one from uh, Chris. Cam, to all uh, and you, uh, to you and all of yours, uh, you, to you and all your Ukrainian listeners, Nostravia. Yes, of course, um, man, I grew up in East... Well, I grew up in East Kildonan and North Kildonan in East St. Paul. Um, and I think 60, 50 to 60% of the people... I, I, I'm not... You, you know what? I am actually Ukrainian. I am a little Ukrainian. My brother did the 23 and me, and we found out that I'm like 20% Ukrainian, which I had no idea about. That was kind of the cool thing. Where my my background is, while I I did convert to Judaism, my mom's family are Hutterites uh, out from Greenwald Colony, Hofers, uh, Barrickman as well, and um, the the Hutterites as they were kind of uh, you know they they ended up in in Ukraine at one point, 
And yeah, I guess they brought some Ukrainians into the fold and I got Ukrainian blood in me. I had no idea about that. That was a cool little thing I found out about uh, 23andMe. Yeah, pretty uh, a substantial amount. I was very surprised. And I, I never like connected myself as, as someone that has Ukrainian in them. Um, grew up with tons of Ukrainians. 60% of the people that I went to school with and like EK, uh, NK and, and East St. Paul, uh, Ukrainians and all, and all that sort of thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. So yes, of course, Nostrovia, it's all the other Ukrainians out there. Uh, Cam, uh, the Bruins started Swayman and Nett, who hasn't been so good at this season. Allmark is the Bruins' number one goalie, Dave. Yeah, but Swayman played pretty well that year. But Allmark, yeah, definitely number one. Uh, and I would say right now, uh, Connor Hellebuck's biggest competition for the Vesna. Um, this one from Mike in Manitoba. Merry Christmas, Cam. I promise I won't uh, drunk slash high text you guys as much next year to Mike. Well, Mike, Mike in Manitoba, that's my favorite part about working these jobs. I get those text messages from you, Mike. Just make sure you're doing everything in moderation this holiday season and for Christmas. Mike, Mike in Manitoba, appreciate it. Uh, by the way, he says Jets win 4-2 tonight. Mike in Manitoba, appreciate that. Uh, John C., uh, in Neverville says, can you please remind people to turn their headlights on while driving? Highway 2 is blowing really bad with poor visibility. Most people driving with four ways on, but I'm seeing people with headlights off. John, appreciate the text message. Uh, got that on for, for everybody uh, as well. Um, this texter says, Wayne Gretzky set a personal milestone record as an L.A. King against the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe Alex Ovechkin will too. Well, hopefully not tonight. He's going to get one 801. That It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to tie Gordie Howe and he's going to pass Gordie Howe. Whether he's going to be able to chase down Wayne Gretzky over the next three years in terms of goals remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. It really does. Um, but it's going to be interesting. As soon as he passes Gordie Howe, like when we had John Walton on play-by-play voice for the Washington Capitals, he can't wait for it to happen. <laughs> he can't wait for it to happen. Alex says, I hope the Jets play Boston in Boston again this season because we know what that means. Um, not sure what that text message means, uh, Alex. Does it mean a loss? Maybe I'm missing something here. But they're, I think they're playing. I'll get the exact date here. Hold on, I got this thing pulled up. Um, their Boston is going to be in Winnipeg on March 16th. I knew they were going to be here in March, but I knew they were going to be here on March 16th. So um, I'm hoping it's going to be a healthy Boston Bruins team against a healthy Winnipeg Jets team, and we'll see who comes out on top. That's going to be a, 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 a big game. Uh, this texture says, disagree 100%, stay in the net, not a good puck handler. Yeah, I, I think Connor Hellebuck has a lot of strengths. I think he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. I think he's a perennial Vesna candidate. I think he's going to get at least the Vesna nod this year. He's not a great puck handler. But when you're when a puck goes behind the net, I think that it's good for the, for the, for the goaltender to play that puck more times than it isn't. I think it's a I think it's a benefit for the team. More times when the puck goes behind the net, the goaltender plays it and has another guy there instead of a defenseman picking it up. I just think I just think that that's the best way to go. Have another guy play the puck here, and I think it allows to more outlet passes, and I think it allows for more offense, and I think it helps get the puck up out of the defensive zone and into the Jets' offensive zone. I it obviously didn't work out well yesterday. It was a mistake. It took a wild bounce. Like that, that, I mean, if you don't think that Hellebuck should have played that puck, that's fine. You want him to stay in the net 100%. If you believe that, all power to you. But you can't say that that puck did not take a weird bounce off the boards. That was an innocent, harmless-looking dump-in. 
And it was played like an innocent, harmless dump-in. It wasn't. It took a wild bounce. It took a real bad bounce. And like I said already earlier today, you can't spot the Boston Bruins a goal. And the hockey gods, for whatever reason, decided they were going to spot him a goal. That's all I'm going to say. And the Winnipeg Jets, they took him. Anyways, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll take a look at the Manitoba Moose. They're in Iowa tonight to wrap up their pre-Christmas schedule. Uh, that game will get going at 7 o'clock on cjob.com. Love the text messages, guys. 204-780-6868. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Uh, feeling good right now, yeah, for sure. Uh, also looking forward to the break, just like everyone else. But I think that uh, we're very here, uh, prepared to come here and get four points. Got two yesterday with a very good game. But I think everyone in here wants uh, the other two. So, And then we can take a break. Arvid Holm there. Netminder for the Manitoba Moose this season. Uh, a recent emergency call-up after Connor Hellebuck uh, was dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, he's back. And... Uh, the Winnipeg uh, Jets uh, AHL affiliate, the Manitoba Moose. We're taking on the Iowa Wild at 7 o'clock uh, in Des Moines. One of, the, uh, one of my most favorite words to say. Des Moines is a lot of fun to say. Uh, Daniel Fink, manager of hockey communications and play-by-play broadcaster with the Manitoba Moose, joins me right now. Hey, Daniel, how you doing, man? Good, thanks. Good to talk to you from Des Moines, where, as they say on their signs around town, the S's are silent. So you got that one right. <laughs> Des Moines. Uh, yeah, I knew that one wasn't right when I said it uh, when I was about four. <laughs> um, get, get home safe, too. I'm gonna, I was going to say this for the end, but it's like minus 21 down there, isn't it, in Iowa? I mean, it's not like it's uh, you know a paradise or Florida or anything like that, but 40K wins and stuff, you, you hope at least you're going to get a little bit of a relief when you head down there, eh? Yeah, the uh, the weather has not been on our side uh, really most of the season. We've just been kind of uh, in miserable weather. I mean, when we were in Austin, it was I think it was actually colder than in Winnipeg a right. couple of the days there when we were down there earlier on in the season. So the weather, it was, uh, we were out and about yesterday running a couple of errands, and it was uh, minus 40 with the wind chill. So it was aggressively cold. Manitoba Moose, they're on a, a three-game winning streak. Well, leave it down there. Don't bring it back up here. But anyways, the Moose on a three-game winning streak, uh, looking for four here and, and heading to the Christmas break on a, on, on a good streak here. Um, how, how I mean, they've done it at least now, and they're gonna, it's going to happen again, but have they been able to break out at sort of this win one, lose one sort of thing that's, that, that they've been kind of battling with all season? Yeah, it seems seems to be the case over the last little bits. I mean, you're mentioning the three wins in a row. It's five of their past six now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been able to kind of shake out of that. They were having some trouble kind of in those first games. And for a long time there, the Moose were really going a week in between uh, sets. They'd play a couple of games on the weekend and then go a week without playing any. Well, now they're playing a little more frequently. They're getting in games during the week. Um, it's been a busy stretch here for them, and that rhythm seems to have helped out a lot. And uh, they've been able to kind of get that consistent effort going. And uh, even in that one loss there to Calgary, played a very, very good game and uh, probably deserved to at least get a point out of that one, but uh, couldn't solve Dustin Wolf. So uh, they've been uh, doing the right things. They've been playing a lot down in the opposition zone, down below the goal line, which is where they make their money. And uh, for the Moose, it's been a good little run. A couple moves at the at the World Junior. Maybe you can give us a little update on uh, Brad Lambert and Chaz Lucius playing for Finland and uh, United States, respectively. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have uh, a couple of players. It's so rare to have yeah. 
players that uh, of, of that age group on the on the uh, on the roster in the American Hockey League. But the Moose have been uh, pretty blessed to send a few guys to the World Juniors over the years. I mean, we saw Jack Roslovic do it. Uh, Cole Perfetti yeah. before he got on with the Moose played in World Juniors. Billy Hanela as well. So. Uh, it's been uh, pretty consistent, actually, for the Moose, and so uh, very cool to have another couple of guys at that tournament. Uh, Arvid Holm, of course, recent call-up, listened to him in a little bit. He's had a fantastic season, and he was kind of a question mark heading into it with Mikhail Burden deciding he was going to stay in Russia. Yeah, and uh, you know what? For for Arvid, uh, he had admittedly said that he uh, wished he had had a better season last year. Finished the campaign with a two nine zero goals against average, eight seventy seven save percentage. Kind of had a rough second half, but man, does he uh, put that behind him? Just looks like a completely different netminder. Uh, has been absolutely lights out for the Manitoba Moose, especially in his last five starts. He's been just excellent, and you start to look at the body of work through twelve games this season. He's got a two point five five goals against average, a nine twenty three save percentage which is just stellar and uh, 7-3-2 records so uh, he's been very solid for the Moose who have uh, had some pretty good goaltending throughout the campaign that's helped them along uh, to this uh, third place ranking in the uh, central division but uh, for Arvid Holm he's been very very steady for the Manitoba Moose and uh, just seems to be getting better and better as the season goes on. Uh, Daniel Fink he is the play-by-play voice of the Manitoba Moose as well as the manager of hockey communications makes you turn in at uh, seven o'clock uh, for C- at cjob.com Manitoba against the Iowa Wild and just just listen have one ear have the moose on cgob.com starting at seven and then the other have the Jets take on the Washington Capitals I mean why can't you do that multitasking right Daniel I'm sure it wouldn't be confusing at all not whatsoever no <laughs> I think I could manage anyways Daniel take care eh? and get home safe too eh uh, thank you very much, and uh, looking forward to seeing everybody at Canada Life Center on the 30th and 31st when we get back. Oh, everybody loves the New Year's uh, the New Year's Eve game, absolutely. Uh, awesome stuff. Let's take a break. Uh, well, that's actually, we're not going to take a break. I'm out of here. I'm going to take a break, though, because I'll be back on Wednesday of next week and I get uh, a couple of days off. Uh, thanks, everyone, for j- jumping on the show. Really appreciate it. And again, right here on 680 CJOB. Uh, pre-game at 4, puck drop at 6, Washington and the Winnipeg Jets. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday. I'll see you next time. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.